So I just watched you for, I think that you were going five minutes at a time. You would start on a bag on the floor of the octagon, throwing elbows and ground and pound. You would jump up and a guy was standing there waiting for you to spar on clinch and takedowns and more ground and pound. And then as soon as you'd stand up for that, Joey Rodriguez was standing there with the mitts and gloves waiting for you to throw hands at him in different combinations. Um, and you never, ever gave out one time. I mean, is that a normal day? Is that normal? Is, is, what, what was that all about? Um, so, yeah, those are just more uh, fight-specific drills that we do as we get closer to the fight. I'm three weeks, just under four weeks out of uh, my fight, June 9th in Chicago. And um, so we try to gear up and, you know, peak at the right time. Obviously, we try to peak on fight night. So we do these fight-specific drills and uh, training, you know, sessions um, to just get you ready for that night. So, yeah, those are kind of like, uh, I guess some people call them simulations, you know, um, things that are just uh, what, what we've been training all camp and what, what's gonna, you know, what you're going to see on fight night. So. Everybody, that's the voice of the carpenter, Clay Guida. Big fight coming up June 9th. I'm talking a big fight. He's excited. I'm excited. I know all of his teammates are excited to see the Carpenter climb back into the octagon. Again, June 9th, Chicago, Illinois. That is the hometown of the Carpenter, Clay Guida. I can't wait to see it. And I'm telling you guys, if you have ever seen this man fight, you know damn well it's worth tuning in and getting the pay-per-view event because he is balls to the wall every minute of every round. Are you in fight shape right now, four weeks out? Are you ready to rock right now? I can fight right now. Can fight right now. Look, I can fight we don't. Tomorrow. I can fight tonight, man. If they, you know, if they want to put the gloves on, if that, you know, my opponent wants to come on and do it tonight, let's do it tonight. But you don't plan on going five rounds, no matter what. Man, I ain't gonna let him go five rounds. <laughs> Who is it? I'm fighting Bobby Green. Bobby Green. What's it? What's his specialty? Getting beat up on June 9th. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. <laughs> so I like what I hear because you're fighting in your home city, your hometown crowd. I mean, this is gonna Chicago, Illinois. Sweet home, Chicago, man. And Windy City, City of Broad Shoulders. And is it going to be as, as powerful as I picture it right now with family and friends, or what's the deal? Times 10. Is it really? Yeah, they're calling it the biggest card of the year. Uh, it's almost sold out. I was talking to my buddy that runs the box office there, and uh, he said there's only a couple hundred tickets left, and this place holds 22-plus thousand. Um, it's the house that Michael Jordan built, you know, Air Jordan, the dynasty, Chicago Bulls for the 90s, you know, uh, six championships. Uh, the dynasty of the Chicago Blackhawks, they won three titles in six years, you know what I mean? So um, they call it the Madhouse on Madison because it's on Madison Street, and uh, this place is going to live up to every, every bit of the word Madhouse. It's going to be absolutely insane. Uh, family and friends that live in Illinois, in the Midwest, that are coming from all over the country. I have family in California. I have family out west, down south, that are coming up from Louisiana, family out east. So uh, we have a... Uh, pretty pretty big crowd that's coming in, and it's gonna be. We're gonna put on a show for them. And when when you start talking about dynasties, um, your fight career kind of has evolved even more now that you've made the move to Team Alpha Male. How long ago did you make the move to Team Alpha Male? Uh, I'd say it was 2018. Now about about three years ago, I think I came out here in probably 2015 or right at the end of maybe 2014, something like that. So um, yeah, we've been here for. Uh, a, about three years and it's, it was just a very smooth transition um, a bunch of great wrestlers a bunch of great people you know Uriah and I have been friends since um, since before I got in the UFC but when I was fighting in the, he was in the WEC and I was fighting in Strikeforce so that's going that's dating back to 2006 you know or, or maybe even 2005 so um, 
we're, we're wrestlers. We have a lot of uh, very similar, a lot of similarities, you know what I mean, in our background and our upbringing, um, just kind of, the, you know, the way we live our lives. And uh, um, so he had always invited me out to come, you know, to come train, always invited me to come out and you know, be part of the camp and check things out. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of switch it up a little bit. They have, uh, they, it's literally a one-stop shop over here at the new gym, the uh, Uriah Favors Ultimate Fitness. Uh, the place is incredible. I mean, you've seen it. It's, it's state-of-the-art. It's a world-class facility. you got um, all of the, you know, the member stuff and all the gym um, machines you got on the one side of, you know, one side of the gym. you got yoga, hot yoga. you got ch uh, daycare, child care. Um, you got the pro shop. You got the the California Cafe here. You can you know I mean you can sit and eat, take a nap. There's couches everywhere. Um, there's really and then you know, obviously we have the you know the pro team. Uh, we train every day in the morning and um, it, it, there's literally everything you need here. We got massage therapists. We got doctors on hand. Uh, the list goes on and on here. Yeah, we got a, a built-in sauna. The locker rooms are unbelievable. There's flat screen TVs. It's really I I call it the the mecca of MMA, you know, it really has everything at this place. So as far as your career goes and traveling around and seeing different gyms, being, you know, training in different gyms, the ultimate fitness team, Alpha Mill, this is, this is state of the art. I mean, it's where it's all about right now. And, and it's, it, it seems to me like, I don't know, I might be wrong, but it just seems to me like your mentality is like on a different level. Is, is, is Uriah part responsible for that? Is this team? And I talked to Uriah a bunch about it today, Clay, about it just, when we walked in here today and I saw the, the team training, it's just like everybody's got each other's back and the vibe is so positive and optimistic. Has it improved you mentally, emotionally, your psyche? Uh, I mean, have, I know you've always been a badass fighter, but are you better today? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, this, this gym really brings out the best of people. This family, this team brings, uh, just being around this atmosphere brings out the best of people. And uh, Uriah has a lot to do with that. You know, he's built something very special here. He runs the gym. He runs this place like a college wrestling room because he grew up wrestling since he was at a young age and he wrestled in college, you know, and we all, most of the little, <laughs> I call them the alpha midgets, you know, some people might take offense to it, you know, <laughs> I think the preferred nomenclature is little people, you know, yeah. but you know, <laughs> if you look around, it's mainly short, short little dudes we got here, you know what I mean? So I call them, the, yeah, the alpha midgets. Um, but yeah, it's a very positive um, facility, a very positive place and um, just, uh, you know, you check your ego at the door and people realize that there's no reason to have an ego in here. We can all come and help each other get better. We can all learn from each other. And uh, we're here to, to work hard, push each other, have fun, enjoy the journey and, and get our hands raised and really just help improve, you know, improve our lifestyle. And um, yeah, I'm very uh, thankful and grateful to be at this place. Again, guys, this is Chad Belding with another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. We started with Uriah Favor Day, had Chad Mendez come by. We're uh, at we remote location today of the Team Alpha Male headquarters at Uriah Favors Ultimate Fitness in Sacramento, California. And that man you hear talking right now is Clay Guida, a.k.a. The Carpenter. And where did you get the name The Carpenter? Where does it come from? What's the foundation of that? Is that your background? Did you used to hammer and nail it? Or do you just build on and build on during the fight to where a guy has no other choice but to, to tap? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, as a matter of fact, yeah, I started... Uh, um, I've been, the, I'm still uh, to this day in the Chicago Carpenters Union. So uh, yeah, started as a carpenter. Uh, I'll always be a carpenter. I'll always be a wrestler. And it just kind of, uh, you know, one day I was at some fights and they have you fill out your fighter bio or profile or whatever. And my buddy's like, hey, put the carpenter down, you know, just jokingly. And I wrote it down and it kind of stuck. That was, that was back in 2005. So 
um, at a, some local fight in Chicago. So yeah, just kind of stuck ever since, you know. So now, now I get to swing these things, you know, as my as my hammers. So pretty pretty fortunate. And we we've we've talked before. And the last time I saw you, Clay, we were up in Denver. You were doing some wrestling seminars for some high school and and youth wrestling programs. I was up there goose hunting with Stillwater Outfitters, and um, we we just we talked a little bit that night at the restaurant about mm-hmm. music. And, you know, because I, I told you I'd been up there seeing Zach Brown on a couple concerts, and your, your love of music is the classic rock, the Metallica. What's your walkout song going to be in, in June? You'll find out June 9th when it's you tune surprise, in. It's a surprise, huh? Yeah, I don't, oh, I'm going to be tuned in. I don't tell my mom. I don't tell my best buddy. I don't, I don't tell my teammate, my oh, coach. Every, and that's the one thing everybody asks me, and I change it up every, uh, just about every fight, you know. So uh, that, that kind of always keeps people guessing and wanting to tune in, you know, because it, it's definitely something I'll beat. Um, I've walked out to, um, to Metallica before. I've walked out to Foo Fighters, walked out to Pantera, um, some punk rock, Alkaline Trio, Rise Against, uh, my, my buddy's band that's playing in the background right now, Band Pepper, uh, Everclear, you, you name it. I've, I've probably walked out to it, but I definitely want, I love something with guitars and, and heavy drums, man, and something that gets me ready to you know, tear someone's head off. Get you fired up. And yeah, yeah. You, what, what are you on right now? What is your win streak at right now? I, I, know you've, I know you've been strong in your last two fights, but are you going, like, what, what is the, the end goal right now? Is, it, is this the championship run to Clay Guido? What, what is the end goal? Who's holding the belt in your weight division right now? And where's, where's your focus at right now in your fighting career? Oh, yeah, right now my focus is definitely all on, uh, on June 9th on my opponent. Uh, right now we're just on a, we're on a, little, a little, little quick run. We're a two-fight uh, two win streak. Um, Khabib. Naraga, naga, naga, not gonna work no more. It's uh, that's what I call him, man, because uh, he's got my belt. He better hold on to it tight, man, because when I come in, when I get my shot, man, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have the best wrestling match ever. Um, so yeah, he's a beast. I look up to the guy. He's awesome. But um, yeah, he is the champion right now at 155. I think he just won the belt uh, a couple of weeks ago um, with that whole big crazy melee out there in New York. So. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of time left in us. I feel like I'm I'm still learning every day at this gym, and uh, the the best Clay Guida is yet to come. I love hearing that. And you you have a um, you know a, a lifestyle that it, you have the focus, the discipline, the dedication to this, and, and seeing you train today. It's when you get a behind the scenes look at it, because when you when you were in a pay per view, and I'm at my house, and we got cold beers and a bunch of buddies sitting around talking smack, and you remember the old Eddie Murphy jokes? Oh, you must have just seen Rocky, and all of a sudden we all think that we're UFC fighters, and a lot of people do these days. I mean, they're with the tap out craze back in the mid 2000s, and then the affliction and the American fighter, and and, and the, the uproar of, of MMA, and you know there was Liddell, and 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 I, I just remember watching him and Matt Hughes, and that's when I really got into it back in the early 2000s and now there's a legitimacy to these gyms now to what i saw today is that there's kids that are legit mma fighters at 9 10 11 years old maybe even younger than that and do you do you wish that you would have had that foundation earlier or i mean your foundation's wrestling but do you feel like you're behind the times because there's these guys that are in their early 20s and mid 20s right now they've been fighting MMA for 10, 12 years, it seems now, by the time they even get to their early 20s. Do you feel like you're, you're behind the gun or, and you got to get it done now, or, or what, are your, what is your thought on that? No, I don't feel like I got a late start at it when I did. You know, I had a lot of fun stuff. I experienced a lot of cool stuff in my, you know, my life. I got to, you know, had a great upbringing. Um, I got the chance to wrestle in, you know, in college. I traveled a lot right after, because I didn't get on an airplane until I was 18, and I haven't, I feel like I'm... I'm still in an RV or on an airplane right now. You know, I've, I've been traveling ever since, and, uh, and I love it. 
Um, I lived on an Alaskan fishing boat. I lived in the Bering Sea. I did some of that deadliest catch stuff. Um, and I started fighting by accident. My older brother fights, so I kind of started doing what he's doing, you know. So um, looking back, it's not like, oh, I wish I would have started earlier. But now that, like you said, there's kids that are starting MMA at 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 11 years old. It, it's crazy, you know. But I also played three sports my whole life, you know. Uh, soccer was my first sport, and then I started playing baseball, r wrestling, and football. And I played those all through high school, you know, and I continued to wrestle in college. Um, so I was happy uh, that I played three sports. You know, I got to meet a lot of lifelong friends, and um, so those are just great memories, you know. So, um, but, yeah, I feel like if you want to be dominant in the sport now, it's just like anything, you know. Um, you got to do it all season or all year round. Um, I coach very, very competitive uh, wrestling back in Illinois. Uh, me and my best buddy, we have a, a youth wrestling club, uh, five years old up to 13-year-olds. And then we also coach uh, the number one team in, uh, in the state of Illinois and in the country right now. It's pretty crazy. We, uh, we're top three in the country. We beat the number one team in the country. We had seven state finalists this year uh, downstate in Illinois, and we had four state champions. And we won the, we won the team state championship again. It was our 13th team title in the you know in the school history so these kids wrestle all year round we have national champion kids you know free, two styles and freestyle greco uh, it's so uh, it's one of those things those kids wrestle all year round they don't play baseball they don't play football you know and uh it's just it's a different time in this sport in mma it's, it's a craze you know it, it started in the mid-2000s you know yeah like you said with the tito ortiz and uh chuck liddell the, the, you know that that rivalry and then you see the randy couture what he's done for the sport and the bj pence and the list goes on rich franklin hendo and all these guys you know and now you see all the the brazilians are coming or have been there forever i'm sorry yeah the, whole, the gracies are the ones that practically started mma you know um GSP, one of the greatest ever. It was awesome to see him come back. You know, you saw Brock Lesnar come over from being a collegiate wrestler to trying out for the NFL to being in the, a professional wrestler in the WWE or WWF and then coming over. And now he's back in wrestling and um, Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor. So it's uh, it's the most popular it's ever been, you know. So if, uh, you know, kids have, uh, you know, dreams to be a, a mixed martial arts champion, yeah, there's there's places to go. I mean, you drive a few miles, you're gonna go buy a couple of MMA gyms or jujitsu schools or whatever you want. You know, it's it's uh the the access to it and like what Uriah was talking about in practice is that you the, there's no excuse. You if you want to fight, you can go find a fight. You can you can find a trainer. You can find a coach. Um, do you do you think that if you're approached by a, a father and he walks up to Clay Guida, he knows you got all the experience in the world. And he says, you know, my son's six or seven, and I think he's got some skills. I want to see if he, you know, he can get into this fight game. What's the base? Is wrestling the base? Is that the basis of everything to be a successful MMA fighter? I'm very biased because I started wrestling at the, the ripe old age of six years old. You know what I mean? So um, I just, um, I think it's the toughest sport. It's, um, it takes the most dedication. Yeah, it takes the hardest workers, the toughest mindset, you know. Um, kids that are willing to get thrown down a hundred times and get up, get up 101 times. You know what I mean? Um, so I believe that you see most, most of the successful MMA fighters, maybe they weren't wrestlers, but they have a, they've learned wrestling and they can either stop a takedown so they can be strike or, you know, they can do their striking or they're very dominant wrestlers so they can get it to the ground or they're good wrestlers and they can, they don't have to wrestle anymore. They can just keep it on the feet and strike and win or, or they can take the guy down and choke him out. So 
I still believe that wrestling is the foundation. I believe, I believe it's the strongest discipline for mixed martial arts. And who is, who, who is your inspiration as far as fighters go? Like, I always wonder, like, do you, do you go home and break down tape like a baseball hitter would? Like, he's like, I know I'm facing this pitcher tomorrow. Like, do you, do you go and watch somebody like Liddell throw a hand or the H-bomb by Hendo? Or do you go and watch a certain wrestler? Like, GSP had a good wrestling base. He had a pretty good wrestling base. Uh, Matt Hughes had a good wrestling base. Hendo had a hell of a wrestling base. Do you watch these guys to see how they can control the fight in the, with, with the takedown and how you develop a better ground and pound game or a better clinch game? Do you, do you look to anybody for that? Has there been an inspiration an inspirational fighter in your in your game yeah absolutely one uh, one mr the natural mr uh, randy couture one of my heroes uh, one of the greatest ever you know he, he put re- wrestling on the map he put mixed martial arts on the map there we go. Um, he was the champion who didn't have the greatest record but almost every one of his excuse me every single one of his fights was uh 15 minutes i'm sorry uh, it was a title fight it was five rounds you know what i mean this guy wasn't he was no spring chicken. He didn't start mixed martial arts till he was 37. I'm 36. I'll be 37 in December. This guy, don't get me wrong, he was wrestling competitively. He was uh, an Olympic alternate a couple times. He was a world team member a few times. You know, he, so he was, re- he was competing in wrestling all over the world, but he got a late, late start in mixed martial arts. And he made a career, a very good career, off of putting guys in bad positions, putting them on the fence, taking them to the ground, pulling them into, the, dragging them into that, you know, into that deep water and holding them down and smothering them and ground and pounding them and raking them across the cage and shoving their face into the canvas, you know? Um, so yeah, I love, uh, love watching uh, his fights. I still watch a lot of his stuff because him and I have very similar styles. Not pretty, <laughs> it's pretty ugly, you know? We get the guy to the fence, put our head in their chin, you know, throw some elbows, throw some knees. Sometimes he'll get a big slam, you know what I mean? Bounce the guy in his head, elbow him. But um, we've both made a career off of just taking guys, um, outworking them over and over and putting them on their back and not letting them get up. You know, either they're going to quit or you're going to grind out a three-round decision, you know? And this guy's going to get up real slow and he's going to be sore for not, not a day, not two days. This guy's going to be sore for a week, <laughs> you know? So uh, Randy's one of my heroes. Matt Hughes. Uh, two two of the greatest fighters I think in the heavyweights uh, and the rivalry, John Jones and Daniel Cormier. I love both of those guys. You know, uh, my very favorite fighter of all time, Fedor Emelianenko. Really? Yeah, just because that guy is so he's so unassuming. Uh, <laughs> for those of you that aren't mixed martial arts fans, his nickname is the Last Emperor, which to me is pretty badass. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Um, he is uh, a Russian, Fedor Emelianenko. He's, he looks like he just ate not a dozen donuts in the back locker room. <laughs> looks like he ate a, <laughs> two cases of donuts. And just would and, work. And, and he comes out with zero expression on his face. You would think he's at a museum. He just kind of looks around. <laughs> they shout his name you know, over the loudspeaker. He puts his hand up. He goes out there. He's got a belly on him, <laughs> a pretty good size one. He's got a keg, it looks like, for a stomach. No muscle tone whatsoever. And he just comes out and he does his little skip. And then he just jumps into these overhands and uppercuts and just starts swinging punches. Uh, sometimes he gets cut. Sometimes he gets thrown around. He'll be, most of the fights he went, uh, 
he's usually losing, and he somehow comes out and like either submits a guy or breaks their arm or knocks him out or then leaves the dude half dead on the cage and then or on the ring, and then he gets up. Sometimes you'll see a little smirk, kind of one of these, like he ha- he, this guy fights with zero emotion, and then he raises his hand, he goes back and he hangs out with his family. Like he's that's what I love about him is that he's so mystical. He fights these when he was in Pride. He would fight these crazy, huge giants, you know. Um, he fought this Brazilian guy that was like seven foot three. He fought a, uh, I want to a sumo wrestler, or whatever. The guy was five, six hundred pounds. Um, he fought the best Brazilian guys. He fought the best heavyweights, the best strikers, the best wrestlers, and he beat them all. You know, so there was just something magical about how he won, how he carried himself, how he represented the sport and his country, and uh, that's why, yeah, Fedor. The last temper was, you know, he's my favorite fight uh, fighter, and there's there's such a long list. Half the guys here, you know, half my teammates, you know, Faber, Joseph Benavides, Chad. I mean, these these guys are they're all my favorites. They're so technical, they're so tough, and the wrestlers. So I, I tend to favor wrestlers more than the rest. I love. Has anybody ever told you that you're very articulate? Have you? I mean, like, and you know, like you just use the word like unassuming with Fedor, but like you look at somebody like Clay, Clay Guida, and he looks like a partier. I mean, his hair. His, the way the way you celebrate the 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 way you go out in the ring. You said it's not the prettiest thing sometimes, you know. Like, um, but like when you listen to you talk, like your like your education is. It, am I am I am I uh, am I wrong here? Like, it's hard to like, hard to believe. I only got a semester of uh, junior college under my belt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, he's he's uh, always brought so much excitement into the ring. That's what every time I watch you, that's the thing. Is like I know it's going to be a good fight. I mean, I know that at the very you might not win. But you're always putting everything into it. You can see the passion. You can see the excitement, the love for the sport. But you always make it exciting to watch every single time. So I thought meeting you today, I thought it was going to just be a guy, like, kicking and screaming and just being nuts. (laughs) But isn't it? It's like like surreal to me. Like, I'm sitting here going, like, this dude is, like, like he's using words like I'm like this is it's it's freaking very very like uh, you're not, not interesting but it's like it's very impressive is what it is yeah, to me but yeah you're anyway I'm, it's it's yeah. neither here nor there Guido I'm just saying that because again I would not assume that you uh, it's that's what you get for assuming things is like is this guy as crazy as he comes off because of the hair because of the mentality because of it but again. It just shows you that that whole deal, this life ain't for everybody, is that you could easily say Guida's just some punk ass, da da da, and you're not. Like that's that's what I love about this game is that Uriah sat here and with his resume, and Mendez is one of the baddest asses in the UFC, in my opinion. And you guys just, it's just cool that you guys would sit down with us, but and, and I appreciate that. And I think that I think that what the mentality that this gym is giving is kind of is. It's, it's given me like really cool like vibe today to like want to go and get better. Me and Matt always talk about making a better version of yourself. And what, what is the next level of the game for you? What is there a better version of yourself? Are you consistently working towards greatness or what drives you? Because you say that Fedor walks out and he's kind of looking like he's in a museum. Are you working towards greatness or it, family life, business wise? Tell me a little bit about what your what your your next step is or the better version of Clay Weed is. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, every day, you know, I'm, I'm improving myself. I'm definitely far from perfect by any means, you know. And um, I really want to. Wrestling is a huge passion of mine, and that's why my buddy and I we started that wrestling club back home because we had to drive. We come from a small little village, so I don't live in Chicago. I live in a small, not even, it's not even a town. It's called the Village of Johnsburg. We're talking 4,000 people, a little corn-fed town, little streams and rivers and lakes all over. 
and we had to drive 20, 20, or our parents had to drive 20 or 25 minutes when we were kids to go find a decent wrestling club to get coached at or go, to go wrestle for, you know? So we love wrestling so much that we, you know, we started our own club a few years ago. We started with six or seven kids. Now we have just over 60 kids, you know? So um, wrestling is uh, it's my foundation. It's my favorite sport, and I just love passing on that knowledge to kids. I love seeing not just kids. I love seeing people surprise themselves. I love seeing them be able to do things they did not think were possible. When you go downstairs here at the gym, you see the, the amateur class or the pro class or these guys, the members, and you see them achieve things that they didn't really think their mind could do, you know, their, their body could do. Their mind thought about it, maybe, and then they, you see them pick up a combination that they didn't ever try before, or you see them, you know, lift, lift weights or do some sort, some sort of athletic, you know, drill or something they just didn't think, or they're just around, you know, this positive atmosphere that Uriah and the family and the team has built. That, to me, is what it's all about, is being able to pass on positivity, you know, from one person or one team to a large group of people. And not even that, even if it's just one person. If I can try to affect every one person a day, go say hi to some stranger or one person a day, put a smile on their face, man, that, to me, that's what it's all about. You know? I love hearing that. Um, it's it's just a, it's a yeah, I, I get that out of every single person that I've met today, um, and I've I've had a friendship with Mendez, and he's always told me that you know that the vibe is there, and when you when you get to spend a day and and witness it, it it is, and just like you giving up thirty minutes of your schedule, like a pre, you guys are busy. You know, this is a pre-fight. You know, you're down to your last three weeks getting into the fight game, and it's cool to get inside of your brain a little bit and find out that hey. It's not like you're not just like gung ho crazy. You're still just you're, regular guys, just, and that's exactly what Mendez and, and, and Uriah said. And and it's let's see how regular you are. I just want to before you got to go, and I know you got to get out of here. Um, we're close to you know the Bay Area, which I think that you know a lot of people think of San Francisco as as this this destination place in the United States. And you've been spending some time here. And where I'm going with this is that. I know you're a big Grateful Dead fan. And I learned some stuff about Jerry Garcia when I was down in, in Palo Alto Bay Area last year at a Zach Brown show is that, is that, you know, he was part of his vision was that amphitheater over there at Mountain View. And if you go look at that, there's some really cool, there's, there's some really cool vibe over there. What, what is it about that vibe that draws you in? Are you that simple, listic person that can listen to a lyric in a song and it relates to you and that that's how you live your life? Or do you... Do you try to always be on top of every little minuscule part of your life to perfect it? Or because Jerry Garcia always talked about there's a lot of imperfections in human beings. Are you always trying to perfect every move that you're making? Or why are you so drawn to that type of music and that type of vibe? I'm trying to figure out why you're, what, what brings you into that mix of being a deadhead? You know what, that's, that's a great question. And music is my inspiration. It, in wrestling and mixed martial arts and fishing in my outdoors life i fish all the time I mean, i'm sure you guys see the stuff that i post when i'm not fighting when i'm not competing or wrestling i'm down i'm either fishing out here uh, i'm fishing on the road uh, i got a house in florida i'm fishing down there wherever um and music is a huge inspiration for that and my um, i got turned on to the grateful dead by my brother and his friends when i was um in high school in the band fish when i was just getting out of high school you know and um there's just something so soothing about it, and going to those con when I went to you know their first concerts, everyone's just in a great mood. They're all happy, you know. I saw little kids running around with their parents, obviously, you know, 
But I feel like you get kids, if you get kids around music at a young age, they're going to be more peaceful, I think, you know, growing up. If you get them around the certain, the proper crowds at a young age, they're going to be a little more easygoing, a little more laid back growing up. I think music has, has a lot to do with that. They call it, they say music is the, it's the international language. You know, everybody knows it. Everybody loves music, no matter what, it, you know, what kind of a genre it is. Um, but yeah, Jerry Garcia, and that's very true, you know, in my life. I'm not trying to perfect everything. I'm trying to get a little bit better every day, 1% better every day at something in my life, and I'm trying to pass it on to others around me, you know? And to, and to hear somebody that, that is get like, for example, the stage that you're getting ready to be on in front of 22,000 fans, watching you, you know, perform your art in the octagon, I keep saying, I told you, Ryan, Chad, this is that it's not something that you can just shake a stick at. What you guys do is a big deal. And I love how nonchalant the, the, and the humility of what you guys bring. And it's almost like we've been talking to the same exact person all day with the approach that you guys have. And that's where I was going with the Jerry Garcia stuff is that if you look at life like that, me and Matt have talked about this. Instead of saying, I need to lose 50 pounds, just start with one. Start with that first one and figure out what it takes to get there and find that emotional level, that emotional level, that psyche that says, hey, that was good. I'm proud of myself. Now let's get two more off. And I think that that is a way to develop the lifestyle of saying, hey, I didn't have to quit eating everything that's bad for me. I didn't have to work out six hours a day, right? It's like just take care of little imperfections at a time. And the next thing you know, that big picture, all those pieces of that puzzle start to come together because of the optimistic, the open-minded, the being an open door and being able to learn and be coachable. And I think that that's exactly why you're seeing the success you're seeing out of this gym is because th that's what we're getting out of it is that the vibe is awesome in here. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you, you nailed it on the head and you got a great point. And so many of my friends, so many of my family members, and I'll tell you a story you know, after this, they're like, oh, I got to lose 50, I got to lose 70 pounds. I'm like, dude, ma'am, sir, missus, let's start with one. One at a time, one pound every other day don't even, not even a pound a day you know what i mean because you know how it is the water weight you drink a half a bottle of water boom that pounds back on you know and i say don't look at that big 50 or 60 or 50 or 30 pounds whatever it is because you're going to get it's easy to get discouraged and where i'm going with this is my sister uh, she's in the middle i'm the youngest my sister's in the middle my brother's the oldest uh, she's always been heavy set her whole life and this past year I want to say maybe less than a year. She's already lost 115 pounds, and she was very, very good. And um, she still is, and she's got, she said she's going to uh, do 185. And she, you know, I sent her um, little workouts, and she is, I mean, she is gung-ho. She is a woman on a mission. She's up before work, and she's in the, she's in the healthcare um, industry. She uh, drives, she runs a bunch of nursing homes. Oh, so she goes and she, care, she care, she's a caretaker. So she goes and overlooks a bunch of like uh, assisted living, like six or seven in the Chicagoland area. So she gets up at 4 a.m., does her hour workout, makes lunch for her kids and her husband. Then she's off and driving all around, taking care of these people that changing diapers, stuff like that, you know, elderly care, yeah. um, overlooking, talking to her staff. Um, and then after work, she comes home and she's right back to the gym in her basement or her treadmill, whatever she does her workouts. And then she makes dinner, cooks dinner for the kids. And she has never been happier. And she's absolutely beautiful. She's lost so much weight and she's just so, so motivated. You can see it now. I can hear it in her voice, you know, and um, I kept reminding her, one pound at a time, not 20, 
not, oh, I need to lose 30 by, uh, by November. It's one a day or one pound, a couple pounds a week, whatever. But don't look, don't put a pressure on yourself for that huge number because you're going you know, to have your time for your plateau or you gain a pound or two. So just try to keep it at that. You know what I mean? And I tell people that all the time that are, it, it, it is a roller coaster. I'm, I'm a wrestler. I've, I've, you know, constantly been dieting my, you know, more than half of my life. You know? So um, it can be tough for people, but um, the, the maintaining is a hard part. The losing it is, is really hard, but keeping it off and being positive and having fun with it. That's, uh, that's what I really want people to see in, you know, in the struggle because it's tough, you know. There's so many, you know, obesity is a huge thing in, in the United States. But I'm super, I just want to say I'm super happy for her. And, yeah, 115 plus as of like a week or so ago, she was at 115. She said she's going for 185, and she looks great. And uh, What's her name? Uh, Kerm, or Kermaline's her full name. Kermaline. Yeah, yeah she's awesome. Kermaline, yeah. congratulations. Uh, now, Italiano family? Yeah, Lita? My, uh, yeah my, my ancestors are from Italy. But we're so, USA all so, day, man. So, like, that, I mean, that's a... a your, your training regimen, you you know, the, the amount of carbohydrate intake in an Italian family is no joke, right? Yeah. Pasta, <laughs> pasta on top of more spaghetti and more lasagna and more mastacholi, man. It's crazy. When my, when my mama Guida cooks, it's not for four people. It's for 40 people. It's insane. There'll be leftovers forever. So it's a good time. One of the things that I stress in life, Guida, is, is, is I don't like to... Sometimes I seem like when I listen to myself talk and like Mendez made a, a comment today about you're good at talking, you know, and, and I don't like that. I don't like when people like have a certain amount of celebrity and they think that they can use that as a, a soapbox to get up and and tell me how to be. And and that's what I see is that the credentials that you guys have, um, the, the celebrity that you guys maintain, that you develop, it doesn't none of that matters. And it's so cool to hear you talk about life and family and kudos to the sis and the things that you recognize because when you're looking at it from the inside out and you're signing autographs and you UFC fan fest and your walkout and your your time in the octagon and the relationships and the business deals and the life that you that has come your way because of the dedication it's easy for a guy outside of it to assume that that guy doesn't he doesn't know what real life's all about he doesn't understand struggle he doesn't you know what i'm saying and where I'm going with it, Guida, is that you can tell by sitting across a table with you for 20 minutes that, man, this dude is a legitimate freaking person that you want to hang with, right? And I think that I think that you can, I, Mendez is back. I think that you can tell, we're getting ready to go to Makuni. You going to go? You want to go a little sushi with us? Guida might go. He just said, no, he can have a little bit. We just talked, we just talked about that. But where I'm, where I'm going with that is that think about, think about the way you could be, the way what you've achieved in the fight game, the way that Mendez could be, I just think that it's badass that you can sit here and, and take the attention off of you and give it to the you know the other people. And and I don't know where you get those kind of traits, but I feel that in my life, this is what I've said is that what what I get to do is hunt. I get to hunt for a living. And people are like, man, you get to hunt the finest places. You get to go to the best. If they don't understand the work that it takes to get, to, get to that there. point, right? You've earned it. You, you, you get to earn that. And then the other part of it is that I go, I don't even care about the animals that I get to kill. I love the experience. And I love to hunt. And I love to kill. And I love to eat. But that's not what does it. It's times like this that I realize, like, man, because... I was nice to Guida, and because I showed interest in Guida, and because in, Guida showed interest in me, these different walks of life come together, and we've, we establish a friendship that quick to where 
you can literally like know that you would be there for me and I would be there for you. Not to sound tackier, but that's the way that this, that my lifestyle is built around is that all these good people come into, and that's what means everything to me. It's not about being called a UFC champion is badass. But there's a lot of people that have had unbelievable careers in different forms of life in their professions that were never champions that still had a fulfilled life. And you can tell that your life's fulfilled with all of that kind of from the fishing to a concert to a pasta meal to seeing your sister succeed at that. And to me, I think that that's what my life is. That's what I've been enriched with. I don't care all the money in the world. Uriah's, Uriah has made a good living. And he's still in here in flip-flops and his surf shorts and coaching his ass off because of his passion for life. And you're the same kind. You cut from that same cloth. That's it, man. And I, I, I appreciate the, you know, the compliments and the kind words. And you're right. It does come from somewhere. It, to me, anyway, it comes, you know, comes from my mom and dad. They brought us up like that. Treat others how you want to be treated. The, the same old cliche. Um, our grandparents. Just, I'm not rich. You know what I'm rich with? I'm, I'm wealthy with, with love and our family and support and friends. And, and family and, and fans. I mean, it's really cool, and I'm very, I'm thankful every day. I wake up, I'm like, when I was swinging a hammer, I was thankful I got to go do that because we kind of get, like, we kind of get to fulfill the American dream, and that we, we get to put a roof over people's heads. You know what I mean? Whatever we're taught when we when we're kids. Go to school, do good in school. Uh, you go to college. Uh, you get a house, you get a car, you get a house. You get the wife and kid and the white pick, you know, or the yeah, the white picket fence. Carpenters, we get to put, we get to build that house, that stable home, that roof over people's head. You know, what I mean? so I'm thankful for that. But I knew I was, I was meant to do something more. You know, what I, mean? I loved wrestling. I wasn't very good at it, man. But I knew I wanted to do something more. So I worked my butt off and. To be, you know, to become a mixed martial artist, and I'm, I'm thankful for you know, my wins, and I'm even more thankful for my losses because they taught me val valuable lessons about me, about myself, about my life, about my family, about the sport, and um, that uh, it's not always about you know being being a champion. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm gonna fight tooth and nail until it happens. You know what I mean. But I'm I'm gonna be happy no matter what. You know, and uh, what the sports provided me, what wrestling has provided me. You know, what hard work and my parents and my family. You know what I mean. Just supporting me uh, i've been all over the world because of it just how it is for hunting with you it is with fishing with me and concerts and in the wrestling world it's uh I, I believe you know we we scratch our, each other's back and you know boys are boys for life it's just uh, it's a certain camaraderie and a certain relationship that uh you know it's uh it, it's real special and like you said people kind of look at you different they think we they think we have everything it's not true for a second man you know what i mean um i don't i have everything i need because I got great family, I got great friends, I got great supporters. You know what I mean? Um, to me, that's what wealth is all about. And I'm healthy. You know, that's another thing. Uh, the best wealth, you know, is a healthy lifestyle. You know, I love it being able to go out and run. I love being able to go wrestle, you know, with my buddies anytime. You know, to me, um, you know, just being grateful for those little things and the simple things in life is what makes it all worthwhile. I think, that, and I've said this before in relation to hunting and hearing you talk, I love hearing it because I think that there's a seminar series out of what you're saying right now for up and coming MMA fighters and hearing you say words like the losses were just as important. You know, I appreciate and I'm hum humbled by the losses. If a person, if a fighter, if a duck hunter, if, if somebody can learn to fail and Michael Jordan talk, he has a great quote about fa failing, you know. Um, if you can learn to accept the failures early in your career, early in the life and build off of them and learn and not get down and be what we call, you used to call a quote unquote sore loser. I think that that's that mentality. And I think a lot of it has to do with that man's name down on that sign, Dan Gable and the way that he thought 
Um, and I'm very motivated by wrestlers. I wasn't a wrestler, but I tell everybody that I walk, that I, that I get in front of, that I wish I would have wrestled. Because I learned at an early age, playing baseball, the wrestling mentality, and I applied the wrestling mentality to other sports. In, in my baseball and everything I do in business and in life, I apply that wrestling mentality. And there is a such thing as a wrestling and a, a, a mentality that you guys have. And I truly think that what you're saying right there needs to be known. I think that if you can become humbled by the losses, even more humbled by the wins and vice versa, then that's what having a career in this sport is all about. And seeing that end goal every day, seeing that end goal that I'm going to train so hard, I'm going to train, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. Yeah, you do. You do want to win. I'm not saying that we don't want to have our hands raised, but you don't want to pass up that old man on the street and not say hi or help him out when he needs it. You don't want to see a veteran that fights for our freedoms and not tell him how thankful we are or blessed that they went and did that. And I think that as a man and in the way that I want to raise my daughter and see my nephew raised by my brother and in the way that you were raised by your mom and dad and your Nona and your Papa and all the Italians in your family, um, I think that there is a right way to be brought up. And I can tell that you were and I think that you need to be expressive. And I don't know that you are, but if I was a fighter in this gym, that's what I want to know. I want to know that that's going to happen because we all lose. Everybody loses. That's there's no bullshit in that. Everybody loses at some time in some their life. Some form of life. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I think hearing you talk and hearing the rest of the guys talk today, I'm motivated. And I think that more people need to understand that that's what it, that's what you guys are about. It's not about the victories or being called a UFC or an MMA champion. You guys have a lot of substance, man. And I'm, I, and, and, and I have, I, I, I treasure what I have in life. And now hearing you talk, it makes me want to be go out and not that you have a better life than me. I'm not saying that. And I don't have a better life than you, but I want to go out and kick some ass. And I think that that's what the, the point that you get across. I think, and Matt would agree with this is that you, you, you can help some people make a better version of themselves every day. And just because we don't come from the same background, I know that we can go on a fishing trip right now and toast a beer after your victory next month, and we have we already got a ton in common. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. It's that mentality, right? Hundred ten percent, man. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, we all come. We're all cut from you know, uh, come from different backgrounds, but I feel like we are you know kind of cut from the same cloth, you know. And um, yeah, heck, baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport, man. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I you know only five, 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 six. You know, and uh, I played on the traveling teams, played on the all-star teams, and t- to this day, baseball still is my favorite sport. Uh, real quick, too, I haven't even told my or only my parents know, or a couple of buddies, but during fight week back in Chicago, the Cubs just asked me to do uh, the seventh inning stretch, sing seventh inning stretch. No way, games, dude. So, yeah, gonna be, that's gonna be pretty cool. <laughs> the Harry Carey so. take me out to the ball game? You got it, man. No way, <laughs> dude. <laughs> At Wrigley, I saw. I, I keep saying Zach Brown. It sounds like I'm a groupie, but yeah, no, I just dude, he's I appreciate. Awesome, he's all, go, isn't he awesome? Wait, I can't wait to go see all my buddies have gone. Uh, I'm sorry, Chad's like, dude. Anytime they're around, you know what I mean. I, got I saw. Covered, I saw know? him at uh, Wrigley last year. How insane is? Isn't dude, it such a cool place? Forty five thousand. Insane. We're talking about you bringing him to Zach Brown insane. concerts. All right. Well, hey, listen. I appreciate it. I think that we uh, we're going to come back after the fight. After his fight, we'll do a little. Uh, well, a little Guida Mendez celebration let's after both of them win. Let's do one of these up in Boise. I'm coming to Boise. Yeah, I'll be in, Ar- I'll be in Argentina shooting ducks. Oh, you'll be after that thing? Okay, uh, right on. Yeah. He's a hater. He doesn't like talking to you. See, this is what I'm doing. Here comes Mendez, the karate show. Hey, Guida. <laughs> anyway, bro, I appreciate you. Um, everybody knows how we feel about fighting here as far as and this gym at Team Alpha Male and what we learned today and the, and the inspiration, the vibe that I got. It's just a cool vibe, and I appreciate what you guys do. 
um, giving up parts of your day, but knowing, getting to know guys like Mendez, and he introduced me to Uriah, and I and I had I had ran into you, and I'm like, that's Clay Guida, and I just, you know, I walk up, introduce myself, and the next thing you know, we're texting and we're buddies, and now we're talking about, and I'm serious, let's go see a Zach show, let's go hang out, let's go to a Giants game when they play the Cubbies, you know, I, I I'm a huge baseball nut, we got a lot in common, and 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 Matt and I got a lot of work to do because we want to figure out. Now, he he's a stud at training young athletes. Matt Pendola is. We're going to go back, and we've learned even more today on how this, these messages that I want to apply because life is life is short, and life can be a mother. You know what? And these messages help me get out of a funk. And I told you right today, I go, when I want to get out of a funk, I call Mendez because the son of a bitch is always Always happy. positive, always in a good mood. And, and some of us need it. As positive as I think I am, sometimes I find myself going, damn, man, I need a boost. I need to pick me up. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that and being that guy. And there's a lot of people that need them a lot more often than I do. And guys like you have the ability to be so uplifting, man. I, my hat's off to you, and I'm so glad I got to sit down with you. And I hope you kick some freaking ass in June, and we'll be watching. I might even fly to Chicago for it. I might be hitting you up to get me a to get me a ride down there with some family because I love hanging out with Italians and I'm coming to the post fight meal. It's gonna be awesome, man. Yeah, we got the weigh-in uh, dinner already set. We got the after party set, man. The Cubbies are in town too, playing all week. So it's I gonna think be I'm gonna time, come. Man. I'm gonna look at the dates. Come on out, man. Brother man, Clay Guida, the carpenter. Thank you so much, Chad, Chad Mendez. So much. Let's go to Macuni. Are you gonna go to Macuni with us? I think I might have to meet you guys yeah. there, man. We're gonna, gonna go to hungry. sushi. Let's go, Macuni. This has been Chad Belding, Clay Guida, Uriah Faber. Chad Mendez, Uriah Favors Ultimate Fitness, right here, the headquarters, the home of Team Alpha Male. Look for all their fighters. They got some studs on all the different rosters across the United States, including the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the UFC. And uh, I couldn't be more humbled to be here. Matt Pendola, thanks for being here today. Tom, thanks for making the trek down here. Chad Belding, this life ain't for everybody. Again, guys, Team Alpha Male. These guys are awesome. Support them and uh, get your kids involved in this, these sports because the mentality, the discipline that they get is second to none. This life ain't for everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Chad Belding, thank you all very much for the support. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Say life owners won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone?